This podcast is brought to you by Ram Horse Fencing and Stalls, the one-stop shop for your horse farm. Ram is family-owned and operated and has been in business for over 30 years. We welcome you to call in and speak with an expert about your next project today at 866-653-8984. Again, that's 866-653-8984. Welcome to Late Night Riders. On this episode, we're going to talk about planning for your fence. Mm -hmm. I'm here with my mom, Kristen, my grandma, Debbie, and Rick. Rick is one of our... um, sales managers and um he is the top salesperson of the month and so that's why he is on this podcast that's right (laughs) so fence planning it's a big thing to start thinking about your fencing when you have your horses you begin to think about like where will i put this fencing right Mm -hmm. and you need to think about where it goes because you don't want to put in a low area you know or a wet area it needs to be you know as high or as dry as it can possibly be so so can I just say one thing one thing that Gretchen mentioned is that you are a top sales manager you handle Florida and New York yes you get to know your territory so each person in here starts to become an expert of their territories and understands the ground Mm -hmm. so your ground is completely different than in Florida than it would be in your northern soil content Mm -hmm. totally a lot of sand Mm -hmm. some clay Mm -hmm. compared to like say like New England where there's a lot of ledge Mm-hmm. That's right. And it helps for people when they're calling in that you understand those things and that you can help them through some of the things that they'll go through, especially through the rocky areas, mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky and things like that, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or hills. There, mm-hmm. When we talk about hills, hills and valleys, like in, in the southern states, they're not just hills like for us. They're like really like small mountains to us. Mm-hmm. Makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about from the very beginning to the end you brought your horses home so what is the first thing that a customer needs to do um so like i said start with figuring out where you want to put your fencing assuming that you already have your barn or you know you're going to put sheds in that area or whatever and then the first thing i think is to go out there and mark it out Mm -hmm. because if you can't see it you might think in your mind's eye it looks one way to you and it could be a large area um, but maybe you mark it out and you think, oh, but that's not as big as what I thought it was. So step it off, get some stakes, a string line, and mark it so mm-hmm. you can see what it looks like. That so. even helped when we did it here. We had the yeah. um, two pastures that we could separate, and then we ended up doing the third pasture for the feeding area because you just don't realize how big it is until you start to mark it out and where you're going to be moving and, and taking the horses in and through. Yeah. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll have customers – they just go to Google, type in your address, mm-hmm. and then you can pull up a satellite image, and then you can play around with measurements and you know design your paddock in your area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's nice to have two people. You don't have to have two people, but it's nice if you tell somebody move a little this way or go down further. It's you can see it and then switch places and have the other person look and see if they agree with the look of it, how it looks. So, and it's yeah. a good place to figure out where your gates will go. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, going from pasture to pasture or if you, you know, realize where your tight spots are going to be, maybe moving a gate. Do your customers, out, like, are they pretty good about thinking about planning it out or do you have a lot of help in what they do as far as even like gates and things like that go? Occasionally, customers will ask, you know, what my opinion is. Ultimately, it's up to the customer to, to you know, mm-hmm. pick, you know, pick. Um, what I usually do is try to make it easy for them. So you want to move the gates closer to you know 
where the barn would be, you know, turnouts, things like that. Less um, steps. Mm-hmm. Less steps. Less steps. Right. Yep. The, the easiest, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you want to like, you want to have like a large gate, like a 16 foot gate, just in case, um, you know, something happens with the horse, you need to get, you know, heavy equipment into your paddock. Um, mm-hmm. You don't want to have something, you know, small, and then now you have to cut your fence. Mm-hmm. So you want to pl- you know, plan that ahead. It's always easier to put it in first than to do it afterwards. And ultimately, like a utility gate uh, for for large farm equipment, or maybe you have to eventually put in like tile, something mm-hmm. like that. That large gate helps so much mm-hmm. to have it. Um, too tight of a gate just isn't after somebody going back and forth a few times, you know, it can get hit. So it's mm-hmm. better to put it in beforehand. So that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that um, <coughs> one of our customers in a podcast that we did earlier, mm-hmm. um, a huge mudslide came through. They had to get an excavator into um, their paddock and yeah. they didn't have that large gate. So instead they had our flex fence. Mm-hmm. They took down the fence, mm-hmm. set it over to the side. The excavator right. came in, cleared everything out, came out, and they put their fence back up, tightened yeah. it, and it looked brand new. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that is with flex fence. It is easier to do that, and that was a situation where they needed to get a lot of equipment in and out, and that worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea. I also think you need to think about with gates, like what are considered like what we call high traffic areas, and. To us, that's like, where do your horses congregate to come into the barn? Where do they stand? Do they pace uh, a line to come when it's time to come inside? Think about those areas and then think about having Mm -hmm. your gate in an area that doesn't make that even like a harder high traffic area or whatever, you know, you don't want to have it in a a corner that's not a 90 degree corner. You always want to have 90 degree or larger if you can Mm -hmm. with horses. So think about those things. Sometimes uh, your your gate for walking in and out of might be the one directly across from your barn, but then maybe your the, the gate that you use for your horses is on the other side so that they just know they kind of congregate in a bigger area. It just depends on what your layout is like. And I know you've mm-hmm. seen a lot of layouts too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. lots of layouts. Mm-hmm. Another thing to consider is um, when you have, uh, you're trying to be cost effective. Yeah. You want to put your gates on corners. Yep. You save yep. on cost right there yep. for mm-hmm. hardware. Yep. And yep. it saves on a post and hardware and so forth too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I also um, think a lot of people like to have a little catch area for your horses. The sacrifice area. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. I personally really like it. I've had mm-hmm. them, and I'll I'll tell you why. Because if you have a larger pasture, mm-hmm. and your horses are out in pasture, and you want to bring them in and say it's a really nice warm day, but you want to get them up because maybe the farrier's coming, the vet's Mm -hmm. coming, whatever the case may be, they'll come into that area, that sacrifice area, that catch pen area, and then it's a smaller area. You can close the gate, and you've got them in an area where you can get them so much easier. And the other thing is, too, is if you do have a horse that is hurt, um, needs some time off, you know, is maybe off a little bit Mm -hmm. or whatever, you have a smaller area to put them in if you don't want them running all over. You have an area where you can put your horse, or maybe in the springtime, you're like we are right now. Um, the grass is really, really wet, so keep them in that smaller area until it firms up a bit, and then you save on your pastures too. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing to think about. Very smart thing. Mm-hmm. We're we're um, able to use ours, which I don't think we even thought about, but our two horses that we have to switch out from morning to night Mm -hmm. one uses it for their daytime because they get special food and the other Mm -hmm. one uses it for nighttime again for special food Mm -hmm. so and then they go back into their different little areas so it's nice Mm -hmm. to have that extra it is it's very nice yes 
So I think the next thing that you need to consider is fencing. What type of fence do you need? Mm -hmm. Do you need electric? Do you need um, like our flex fence? Um, do you want to save on time? Do you want something that's low maintenance? Um, I know a lot of people really like board fence, mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it, I don't. It's not the best option. Mm -mm. It just doesn't last as long. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you can go ahead and talk oh, a lot about that. I'm sure. You yeah. Know. I mean, when it comes down to down. board, I mean, your horse rubs up against it. Mm -hmm. They get a splinter. Um, you're looking at vet bills. They chew on nails it. because every board has to be every eight feet. You know, you have to have your 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 fence and your your rail set up for a 16 foot rail and every eight foot um, nails from summer to winter or. Mm -hmm. Or even summer to in the heat, yeah. summer to winter, and even in the the warmer months like Florida, mm -hmm. um, it does make those nails pop out after a time. You know, so yeah. um, thinking about things like that is important. Well, so, that, you brought up a good point. Yeah, the eight foot post spacing. Yes. Well, you run into a rock, you know, yeah. some ledge. You have to be right on. Center. You have mm -hmm. to be right there. Yeah. It has to be right on center. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about the flex fence is. You, if you run into that, you can move down a foot mm -hmm. either direction. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can adjust mm -hmm. your post spacing because mm -hmm. it's a continuous roll of fence. So absolutely. Nice. Plus, <laughs> you never paint it. Um, <coughs> you know, it flexes on impact. Mm -hmm. And then if you think about, like, I, I'll just go back to board. Um, you know, if you maybe you don't paint it, maybe you do paint it, maybe you stain it. Then you have maintenance there. And then you also have maintenance with if the horses do uh, pot, run into it, whatever the case may be. You know, you have to have a repair. You know, God forbid there's an injury. Um, but, you know, those are the things that are kind of go along with the board fence. And oftentimes we find out that the board fence is so similar in cost to, say, an alternative fencing, like a flexible fence system, the flex fence, that um, it just makes sense to go with something that you don't have to invest into every maybe four years mm -hmm. or so to paint how often do you have to paint a fence it oh, just depends well, on where you're located it depends right? on where you're located yeah. if you're along the shoreline you get yes. a lot of salt content right um right. you know Florida. if you're in a, <clears throat> yep if you're um, in the northern states yeah. you get a lot of where the wood expands and contracts mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things but uh, typically it's like every three years you have to paint mm -hmm. your fence so that's a lot of work and a lot more mm -hmm. money again so and I think mm -hmm. what everyone wants is more time with their horses more time out at their barn more time to do the things that they love and I think more when time you to ride right <laughs> right when you invest yeah in quality product that's going to last our flex fence has a 30-year limited lifetime warranty mm -hmm. it it lasts you know right. you don't have to be putting out fence every five years mm -hmm. Well, we it's 30 a, year on the four and a quarter. Right. Go Lifetime yeah. on the five and a quarter. Nobody else has that, you know. So when you when thing. we moved out to the country mm -hmm. and, you know, we had board fence actually from where we moved from because you did have horses in a more suburban type area. Mm -hmm. um, we moved out to the country, you bought 20 acres. Mm -hmm. It was like a dream. You know, we had a 12 stall barn, mm -hmm. incredible. And it was split rail. All of it was split rail. We had split rail. We had oak fence. We had wire fence. We had like right. We had a little, but, but the bulk mainly. of it was yeah. Yes. So you know, knowing our horses, how calm they were and everything, they were in these big pastures. They had never seen anything like it before, mm -hmm. and they were you know, I mean, 
they were okay when we were there they were our horses mm-hmm. you know we we were checking the fences regularly but as time went on that fence just started to deteriorate mm-hmm. and the, the fence posts would come down and so it was a constant maintenance issue mm-hmm. we didn't board at that time either I mean I cannot imagine what would have happened if we would yeah. have had borders at that time right. because we had some you know horses that were not as calm as ours they were mm-hmm. you know in show jumping they were um, horses. Yes, we, you know, we had all bigger. different disciplines mm-hmm. and different, you know, mm-hmm. temperaments too. Mm-hmm. And so when you guys were searching for something that was mm-hmm. like this, I mean, that's what where this all stems from is mm-hmm. that you, you know, all that maintenance that you were doing. Mm-hmm. It was. And we knew when we moved down to the farm, it was it was like for us the perfect farm, the perfect amount of acreage, mm-hmm. so much potential with the barn, but we knew we'd have to redo the fields and redo the fencing. And so that was something that, you know, was a big thing that we had to plan out. And we did see it just with our own horses who were pretty easy on the fence to see what they did with the board. And mm-hmm. yes, it was not too good. It was an older board fence. And I will say that it wasn't like new, but it wasn't super, super old either. But what a difference it made when we decided to go with the right fencing and were able to put in then find the, the flex fencing and put it in. Such a big difference. And then people later on, after we stopped boarding, literally like, even a year or later after would come and knock on the door and say yeah. would you could you please board I'll take care of my own horse well at that time <laughs> then we were busy with this company we couldn't do it and so we had to say no but they they said there's no place that has fencing like this we love it right. you know mm-hmm. we know our horses were safer it was safer for them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's talk about the different type of fencing that we have and um, how it kind of suits to um, different situations <clears throat> can I just say one thing first too I think it's really important for people to realize that their farm is unique to them and their horses. Not that you're so different from every other farm, but what you need to find out is what works for you and your horses. And if somebody else doesn't have the same exact thing that you think that you need, it's okay. You've got to find what works for you, and that's why we carry a number of different fences for people in different budgets and in different sizes, widths, and then also electric fence. So go ahead and go from there. So let's talk about our, um, from our widest rail down to the smallest. Let's start with our five and a quarter flex. So the five and a quarter is the closest thing that we have that mimics boards, closest to that size. Um, it has, you know, limited lifetime warranty, um, 12 and a half gauge high tinsel pre-straightened wires. Um, it, it's, it's nice. It's a nice product. You know, it comes in white, black, and brown. The next size down, if you're trying to be cost effective, you're looking at four and a quarter. So the four and a quarter flex fence, just a smaller, you know, an inch smaller, um, that has a 30 year limited manufacturer's warranty. Um, and then you have what we call the performance flex fence, which is three and three quarter inches in width. So much, much smaller. It's great for four rail. Um, I, I don't, you know, depending on your unique situation with your horses, you would know your horses best on what kind of spacing. I mean, I've, customers who put their horses behind one line of shock line don't recommend it but <laughs> it works for them so right and we usually i would tell them suggest highly highly suggest no more than nine to eleven inches yes. in between your rails for normal size horses so that means if you have ponies or minis you need to think closer together mm-hmm. you don't want to invite your horse to stick a leg through or whatever the case may be so i'm more on that side of no more than nine to you know 11 inches so mm-hmm. i tell everybody mm-hmm. nine to 11 inches nine one one. so if you go anything oh, yeah. more than there that you, you might be calling nine one one. yeah mm-hmm. that's smart yeah 
Smart. So um, additionally then, like our coat of wire fences, then we have mm -hmm. the... Shock line and uh, um, race line. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they are, the their sizes, they're about the size of, they're 5 sixteenths five of an sixteenths. inch, approximately, yep. like the size of a pencil. Pencil, about yeah. That. Yep. So the nice part about this for customers is they can they can make any kind of a fence that they'd like to make for their horse's mm -hmm. needs. So we get a lot of different combinations that mm -hmm. we talk oh. about. Yeah, so one of the, my favorite, and mm -hmm. what a lot of customers will do is they'll do like a four and a quarter or a five and a quarter uh, flex fence for the top line. Mm -hmm. It's great for a sight rail. Yep. So the horses see it. Um, a lot of people will do that in their, especially in their arenas, and then use the coated wire below and you know four or five lines below mm -hmm. and the reason that they do this is because when people are out and you have people in the audience they can see the footwork of the horse mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's great for visibility mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and then any combination that you want for your horses depending upon um, maybe you have mares and foals maybe you want to start with like your heavier wider five and a quarter inch wide rail and maybe you want to put four of those up, but they, you start closer and then maybe take them a little bit further apart so the fence can grow with your foal if you want to. You can put coat of wire in between to make that spacing smaller if you want to split the difference and make it smaller so it's a little tighter. And it, you know, you can even do, like we've heard of numbers of different things that people have done, you know, five, six, you know, strands of the coated wire or electric, you know, our, our race line or our shock line. Mm -hmm. It's what you need. What mm -hmm. do you need? We can, you can custom build it to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. our fencing isn't just for horses. It's for livestock as well. Mm -hmm. I recently just saw um, a four rail of flex with two rails of shock line on the inside mm -hmm. for cows. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And that worked for them. Their mm -hmm. cows were pretty docile. Um, and then... Uh, for alpacas, a top sight rail of mm -hmm. um, flex and mm -hmm. the mesh below. Mm -hmm. Here mm -hmm. at Ram, we have that for our sheep. Yep, yep. You want to keep predators out with those kind of the exotics or your sheep, mm -hmm. you know, so you want to be sure that you have protection with it. No climb, be mesh, you know, something like that then too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think another combination that we have here um, that works very well is our race line, shock line combination. Um, it, yes. It's yeah, great. We were right by a busy highway, mm -hmm. and that ensures that our horses know their boundaries, mm -hmm. and so they're not going out onto the highway. And I've said this before a lot, though. You know, we don't live in a time where your neighbor can just get your horse if your horse gets out of your fence and bring mm -hmm. it back. People mm -hmm. don't know about horses. They don't know how to handle horses. We are all responsible for our horses. So we need to be sure we can do everything we can to keep them in. And if that means some electric... They respect it. It's natural to them. It's just like a, you know, in a herd, uh, a horse may pin their ears and, and tell the other horses to stay away, and if they don't, then they kick out. Well, that kick can be harder than that little bite from the electric fence, but they respect it. So it's something that makes complete sense with horses to use. Um, you know, for a long time when I was younger, I thought, oh, it was terrible. It's not. It's probably mm -hmm. one of the best things you can do to have your horses respect it, and then they mm -hmm. stay off of that completely and it's an investment which you put into your fencing so it keeps it like new so one thing that you um, sell a lot is the electric um, is it a fence protector or the um, so you're talking about a fence alarm the fence alarm yes so fence alert very important especially um, if anybody's following the news closely in Florida there's uh, horses that are 
being taken out of paddocks right now and, and butchered. And so uh, it's horrible. But um, certainly what you can do is you can get yourself a fence alert system. Um, it's inexpensive. It's about $25. You hang it on your fence line mm -hmm. and it's got a strobe light. And if um, you, you have it kind of directed towards your house so you can mm -hmm. look out your kitchen window or something, if you see it flashing, you know your line's been cut or even if that's not the case, you're, you're having an issue with your charger like and your power for strong. some reason. Yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then we have um, a fence alarm where it's hooked up to your fence, similar to um, a solar charger, mm -hmm. and it will alert you. It, you will get either an email or you can set it up so you, you get text messages. If your power goes out, you can mm -hmm. set the voltage at certain limits. It's, it's very nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had fence alert before and I really like it a lot. We had children that would come and we would turn off the fence mm -hmm. when the children would come. And then if we forgot to turn the charger back on mm -hmm. again, I'd notice it at night. I could run right out, turn it back on, mm -hmm. and knew that the electric was on for the horses. And I love that. That is a really good, you know, along with the other one too. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are good things yeah. to have. Another good thing to have is a fence tester. Who wants to touch their fence to see if it's on? <laughs> Not me. I've done it too many times accidentally. So, yeah. you know. A, but a speaking of the nice fence too. tester, the, the one call that we get multiple times a year is I've, you know, I'm touching my fence and it, there's nothing happening. Mm -hmm. And so what's the answer oh, to that, Rick? Take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> your shoes insulate you from the ground. So yes. I, yeah. We've had people who have been shuffles. on the phone who have said this be is careful. not going to work and it works. Yeah, it does. So we don't you recommend sure. it. No, we don't recommend that at all. Yeah. No, you know, or if you are. That's why a, the fence tester. Yeah. One offense also, if you're in a very dry area mm -hmm. and Perhaps maybe your ground rod bed has gotten dry. You mm -hmm. can take a hose or a bucket of water, put it on your ground rods, then check it, and you'll see a big difference. So you might need yeah. other ground rod beds around your fence, too, yeah. as well. So different things with electric fencing, but, you know, not hard to do. Nothing that's hard to do. So mm -hmm. so after that, um, you order your product. Mm -hmm. So you call in, and um, you talk to – I think it's important to talk to someone that knows what they mm -hmm. are yes. doing. Rick knows New York and he knows Florida. He can tell you exactly what you're looking for. Sand is a whole lot different to install in than um, other types. Completely. Mm -hmm. So you need to talk to someone that actually knows what they're doing. Going to Home Depot and buying fence and putting it in, you're not getting that customer service. Mm -hmm. um, our salespeople follow you through from the very beginning mm -hmm. to when your horses get home. I think one thing that is nice is that we've done this for so long. In like 30 years, our customers will call in, and, and once you start to talk to them, they realize that we do have horses. We have horses right here on mm -hmm. our at yep. our headquarters. And um, uh, the other thing is, is that we we really genuinely care about what you're going to do, so that you don't have to do it twice. Yes. You know, do it once, not have to come back and do it again, and have it last a long time. And being able to talk to somebody about that or getting ideas. We have people in here that have horses, people that are around horses all the time, and understand your demographics. It makes a difference. It truly does. Um, so I know you're, you talk to your customers a lot about many different things. I'm sure you get into conversations that, you know, really help them mm -hmm. with different things that they bring up. So it's important to find somebody that you can talk to like that. Well, one of the most important things is, Gretchen had brought it up, it's about like shopping at the big box stores. Mm -hmm. like if you find somebody to help you and they actually show you where the product is and they are aware of it, mm -hmm. 
then, I mean, how much do they know about that product? Mm -hmm. um, usually they're not extremely educated in mm -hmm. all of their products. We are educated in all of our products here. Mm -hmm. um, we go have sales meetings uh, every week where we talk about different products and all the details. Uh, we test all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I get to go to our test facility and uh, install a lot of our products, and so it makes me a little mm -hmm. bit more educated on, you know, And you're out there details. with them, too. You're out yeah. with the horses or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. every day you're out with the animals, so, yep. yeah. Yeah, we have the horses here, and when we didn't have the horses here, my mom even got you in her barn, and you did some chores for a while so you could understand, yeah. so you could understand what the customers are going through to be able to talk mm -hmm. to them about what they're doing, so. Yeah. And that was difference. very enlightening, you it know. Was yeah. 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 It does make so a difference. Mm -hmm. the, um, I mean, if you call in to talk with us, um, the first thing that we're going to ask you is the type of fence you, if you already know. Um, say you know the type of fence that you're interested in and all that. The next step is what we do is have you send over a layout. Um, customer, a lot of customers sometimes are, well, not too sure about, they. you know, is my drawing going to be good enough? So... Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I see everything from architectural drawings all the way down to I had a customer literally take a picture and it was on a napkin and crayon. <laughs> so it's okay. We'll take yeah. it off. Yeah. You know, yeah. all I really need to see is the corners, the gate locations, the linear footage. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get on the phone and talk about how many rails, your post spacing, and then we work up the estimate for you. So we'd like to talk to you about um, what kind of horses you have, like whether you have big horses or whether they're little horses, minis, whether they're ponies, whether they're, they like to try to figure out how to get out or, you know, whether they just like to lean on the fence or whatever. We want to know about your horses. And it's important because um, not only is it your horses, but what you do with your horses. You know, mm -hmm. are they show horses? Are they inside most of the time? You know, are they outside most of the time? Those things are important so that we can really get to know you and then help you and give you good ideas. Do you so. have new horses coming eventually? Because yes. um, we have our race line and our shock line on our property, and we didn't used to have to turn on the shock line for the mm -hmm. bigger guys, and mm -hmm. then we introduced a new horse, mm -hmm. and we have to now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do, mm -hmm. yep, yep. So you get the layout, and then you go from there to... Um, mm -hmm. When I get the layout, well, I usually... I'm either talking to the customer or I will reach back out to the customer, ask the questions, like, the, you know, the post spacing, things like that. And then um, we just do all the math and figure it all out. Once you receive the estimate, you'll review it. And if you decide to go forward. Um, post spacing and posted things sometimes you have to talk about as well, too, with that estimate. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll talk about post spacing. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you're more about aesthetics. You know, typically eight foot post spacing is very good. Um, we we recommend on small areas eight foot post spacing. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Medium sized ten foot small and then areas. up to larger. twelve foot and larger right. areas. Up to twelve foot with horses, no yep. further because no further. yeah, what happens is you compromise the mm -hmm. the fence. You know, push them pushing it apart. So right. So with that estimate, then after that, then they go from that to the. Uh, ordering stage basically yes. okay yep. going to ordering and then once uh you place the order so typically we have everything always in stock um on occasion we get very busy especially during our sales uh, mm -hmm. it gets really busy and we may run out of stock but most of the time uh, all of our stock is in that being said uh, depending on where you are in the country it typically takes anywhere from two to four days to ship 
or for it to arrive to you in transit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our warehouse, if you place the order by usually like 2, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time, well, we get it out the same day. Right. So the thing you need to do too is think if you have horses that are coming in like right away, talk to the person that is supplying you with your fencing and find out how long it will take to get the fence. Mm -hmm. Because by the time that maybe you plan and send your layout in and you're thinking you're gonna get it right away, it may take some time depending upon where you're located or uh, depending upon product that's available, availability of products. So it's a good question to ask maybe right up front in the beginning as well then. so And this yeah. is jumping ahead a little mm -hmm. bit, but make okay. sure that you contact an installer if you're not going to be installing it yourself. They can yes. be booked out for they a while. They can be booked out for a long yes. time, like yes. months, months. And good ones, I will say, probably are. I hate to put it that way, but pre-plan. And it's mm -hmm. worth the wait if you do have an installer, if they're good, because they make it look so simple. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, if you go to do it yourself, they know the process is just like anything else. You see somebody perform something that they do every day. They do it very well. But um, you know, if you're not going to install your fence yourself, then... You know, contact that installer or find out who is good. Find get references mm -hmm. from them, mm -hmm. and then think about how long it will take before they can come in and do it. Or you might install it yourself. You know, if mm -hmm. you want to do it yourself, you can too. Mm -hmm. So the product arrives at your farm, mm -hmm. and then we get into the installation. Well, let's stage. talk about this too. The product arrives at your farm, depending upon what kind of a product you purchase. And from us, it comes on a pallet, mm -hmm. comes on a truck, which yep. is a 18-wheeler yeah, that you yeah. see going down the highway. And that means, though, that you have to be there to offload it. So what are a couple good things they can do when the truck comes? They have to be able to get down the driveway and turn around, get back out. What makes it easy for them to maybe unload that or get that off of the back of the truck then, Rick? What so do we, do? we recommend that you have either a tractor with forks or a forklift. Now, that's not always the case for everybody. Um, that being said, I mean, if it's an order that's just like two or three rolls, mm -hmm. you're typically looking at about 130 to 140 pounds for, you know, flex fence. Um, two people could lift that. Uh, you can break the pallet band, down. I'll take the band and, or the bands off and unband it. Yeah, you, can, you right? can break it down right there on the truck. So you, it's just sure. usually plastic or metal banding, depending on your order. Mm -hmm. uh, break the shrink wrap, mm -hmm. take the rolls off. What I usually recommend is if you don't have a tractor or a forklift, back a pickup truck yeah, next right. to their truck right. and then just uh, offload it right. that way mm -hmm. um, we do offer a service it's called the liftgate service it's an additional fee um, but it's very very helpful so you know it's a platform that lowers it down to and the ground maybe you can't have it delivered to your farm because you're building your farm or starting it and you don't have a driveway in yet mm -hmm. so you can go to the terminal and pick it up yes. make arrangements to pick it up there mm -hmm. so it just depends on what arrangements you want to make but you have options so mm -hmm. yep. okay so, so then you finally get your product at yes, your farm yes <laughs> yes and the mm -hmm. first thing that goes in are your posts post mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. very important especially the corners and the ends, most important part of the fence. It's the backbone of the fence. It is. Mm -hmm. So that goes in first, and then your line posts go in then after that. Mm -hmm. And you have to call, is it dig? Or, yep, you and you want to prepare dig. that too because it takes them how many days to get out there? Oh, it could range anywhere from, I've seen anywhere from uh, just a few days, and then I had a customer actually, it took them three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you have to pre-plan that as Mark well. all underground lines water lines, gas lines, everything. Make sure it's marked before you dig anything. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of corners and ends, can we mm -hmm. talk about our bracing specifically for our flex fence? Mm -hmm. There's a big difference in our bracing compared to 
um, just bracing for any fence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yep, we suggest the diagonal bracing. Absolutely. And we do concrete all three of those posts. Um, in our installation instructions, we have explicit directions to show you how to do it. And it's not difficult, but our people that are at our office would be happy to explain it to you and tell you how to do it. It's not hard, but if you, you don't set up your braces properly, you know, you could pull your posts over and you don't want to do that. So, mm. so um, let's specifically talk about the difference between a diagonal brace and an H brace. Some mm -hmm. installers try to push to get an H brace put in rather than a diagonal brace. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about the difference and why with our high tensile system you have to use mm -hmm. the diagonal brace? So the reason that a lot of installers want to do H bracing is because it's it's easy. It's it's simple and it's what they're used to. Um, a lot of other types of uh, vents that are on the market, barbed wire, things like that, that's old fashioned H bracing. Mm -hmm. However, with our fence, because we have there's many lines, it's high tensile. It's got a great deal of pull that goes up and is applied to that corner. So, first thing you do with our corners, and the reason, and I'll tell you at the end here why why it's better here is mm -hmm. what you want to do is you want to have the concrete um, per our instructions. It depending on whether you're in the north or the south, it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Corners first ends. Mm -hmm. um, you want to you know, put the, apply the concrete, but at the bottom, it's gonna shape like a bell. What that does is it makes it harder to come out of the ground. It's like a footer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. the standard footer, like, you know, cardboard, that you tubes that you put in the ground, you mm -hmm. fill with concrete, it's cylindrical. It's just gonna come straight up out of the ground. So that's why we say to bell it at the bottom. So it gives it that lip and wants to push on more dirt. So that being said, um, what happens is you have your corner post or your end, and then you have your diagonal. And when the pressure gets put onto that corner of the end, it's pushing into that diagonal, which is then pushing into the ground in the footer. Mm -hmm. And so it has to come straight out of the ground and up and over. With the H brace, it's just applying pressure onto the next post, and it's not nearly as strong. And with that footer, it won't do this. It won't come up and over right. because your fencing is going around the outside of it and putting pressure on this post. Correct. But because the footer's in the ground, it does not come up and over. That just doesn't happen. Just mm -hmm. doesn't happen. That's right. <laughs> so after you get your post in, mm -hmm. then it comes time to install your fence. Mm -hmm. You can install it yourself. You can have an installer do it. Yeah. It is a possible one-person job. It is. Mm-hmm. We actually have a woman that, you know, I mean, right in the in our installation video that installed it herself and um, did a good job with it, too. So it is possible one person. It is a little easier with two people. It mm -hmm. always is, but it's an easier fence system to install. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've worked with several installers that are a one-man team, and they have yes. gone out and done this. Mm -hmm. And we're happy to talk to anybody who calls in that doesn't want to install their own fence, but we want, you know, they would like to have an installer call us, we can talk to them and talk them through it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's the best time <laughs> ever, your horses come home. <laughs> horses come home and you take them out to the pasture and some people like to walk their horses around and kind of show them where the boundary lines are. Mm -hmm. At some point you have to take the lead line off and let them go and, and you can. But kind of showing them the boundaries helps if you're a little concerned about it. Um, otherwise, it uh, depends on how large the pasture is or small and how many horses are in there. Um, may depend on how you want to 
show your horses their boundary lines or they'll find them themselves. Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like us to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Rick. Thank-